Hello, my loves. Michael Antonelli here, bringing you another edition of The Big Interview, number two in the series. And this time we have Jim DeSanto. Who is Jim DeSanto? Well, you're going to find out. And you're going to fucking love him. Okay, he's a podcaster, he's a comm major, he is our friend, and uh, we have a great talk. Um, Jim is someone I know through podcasting, obviously, but uh, you know, there's more I want to know about him, and uh, we scratched the surface of that today, because Jim's not only a podcaster, he's a musician, he is a songwriter. Many things that he is not are things that I wish that I was, so... I'm grilling his ass to be like, why not me? Why did God choose you and leave me in the muck and the mire? Maybe. Or maybe we just have a fun chat. You're going to have to listen to find out. And you're going to want to because it's a great episode. And of course, check out their great show, Com Majors. And of course, check out all the great shows here on the Doom Thugs Network. Doom Thugs Monthly was a blast in in October. And the November episode is going to quite literally be maybe the most historic episode in the history of the show. And we also have another big interview in the can ready to come out as well. And of course, you always know we got Mike Calls Timmy. It's just a matter of time before one of those drops, and you love them. Doom Thugs on all social media. Follow us. Give us the thumbs up, the likes on the fucking Instagram. Just give us the fucking likes, folks. We look like assholes out there with these posts. Three likes on a fucking episode dropping post. That's what you do to me. That's how you treat someone that you, quote-unquote, respect. It's the little things we have to do out here, folks. It's the currency, right? The likes, the shares, the retweets. That's all we need. I mean, we need a lot more than that, what I should say. That's the bare minimum we're begging for. And you shouldn't be saying this stuff because when people hear it, they don't, they're just naturally nasty little rats that are like, well, I'm not going to do it. You're telling me to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not telling you to do it. I'm asking you as a friend who needs your support. An artist that needs your support. I'm not asking you for a fucking dime, motherfucker. Give me a like. Give me a RT. Share it in your story once in a while. What does that hurt? I've seen some of your fucking stories. It's not, you're not fucking guarding that for just the A material online. You could throw us a bone. We're friends. We're real people. We deserve respect. Yes. I was channeling Stephen Brody Stevens there just for a moment. But uh, enjoy the episode. Jim is a great, great, great fucking guy. I am thankful that I know him. And I guess that means I got to be thankful to fucking Keenan, <laughs> who I love very, very, very much. But, you know, we all kind of goof on him lovingly. I hope he likes it. Well, enjoy the episode. All right. Like I said, we're here with Jim DeSanto, my friend from the Com Majors podcast, um, who we were talking about last week on Mike Calls Timmy. So you want to listen to that, Jim, because we get All right, a, I will. I will. A big shout out. Jim, in your words, how do you and I know each other? Well, I think we know each other through Keenan and Tim. Yes. Our friends at Pop Battle, yes. mainly. Um, but I feel like we have a lot of interesting, you know, um, things in common. So, like, oh, yeah. I feel like it wasn't didn't take long for, for for us to connect and be like, oh, yeah, this is a good dude. This is these are my people. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, we met in person at Keenan's wedding. wedding. Yeah. How do you know Keenan? So this is hilarious. Uh, Keenan and I actually lived next door to each other when yeah from like when i was in high school 
and and he he's probably just a few years behind me. Uh, he's a little bit younger than me. Oh, um, okay. <clears throat> yeah, he lived directly next door, and we were kind of like, like I I just knew him to say hi, but like yeah. at that age, you know, like three years is like a <laughs> feels oh, like a yeah. He feels he feels like a ten year old. Yes. Uh, um. But he knew that I was like learning to play guitar because he could hear me. Okay. And he was a big, you know, musician. He's in, he played saxophone and did all that stuff. And um, he ran this concert. It was a, the Greg Crichton Memorial Concert. So it was a, it was a, like a, like a scholarship fund that they created in, in name of, of uh, this guy, Greg Crichton, who passed away at Upper Darby. Um, was he a student? He, yeah, he was a student there. Um, I don't know if he was a student when he passed away or he had already graduated, but okay. um, he was a friend of Keenan. So Keenan created this whole concert as, as like a, you know, to create this scholarship fund and he, he needed bands to play. So the whole, the whole, the whole event was basically like a, a day of music right. at Upper Darby and he needed bands to play. Uh, so like he asked me like, Oh, do you have, do you have a band? And I was like, no, but I, I can put something together. Meanwhile, I couldn't play I had been playing guitar for literally like weeks at this point. Oh man. I have a funny story about it. I don't want to get too, too down that rabbit hole, but brother, I'm here to hear your stories. Right. So this, it, any, any musicians might appreciate this. So like I grabbed my friend, Dave, who was a much better guitar player and who was sort of like, I was playing along with the stuff he was playing. It was sort of how I was learning. Um, and he had a friend who was also a pretty good guitar player and a really good singer. So he joined this guy, Scott uh, or Sean. There were twins. I don't know which one. I can't remember which one it was. Um, so they joined us. So it was the three of us. Uh, and I had like a like a Squire Fender Stratocaster. That's that, what I have right over there yeah, somewhere. Great guitars. Great entry entry guitar. Mm -hmm. um, and we had like five songs we were going to play. Um, and I, I could like strum along to some of them, or I had like very specific parts I would play in some of them. Yes. And one of them was we were going to play "Patience" by Guns N' Roses. Great. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> amazing song. Right. And I didn't play very much on that song. Like I played almost none. Mm -hmm. Um, and. Dave was basically strumming along and Scott was going to play that, like that solo. Yeah. It was like a guitar solo. That's not like super complex. It's like an acoustic guitar solo. So like it totally fits the vibe of what we're doing. Yeah. And we get to that moment and Dave breaks the G string on his guitar. Oh, like no. literally as the solo is about to start. Uh... I don't know how to play the chords that I don't even, I didn't, I mean, I knew the chord, like, I knew how to play the chords, yeah. but I didn't know what the chords were for this song. Right. So like, <laughs> I'm standing there not playing anything. Uh, Dave's looking down and the G string. I mean, the, the song patience really, I mean, there's a lot going on with that G string. Um, he's just like, I don't know what to do. Like yeah. it, it's not working. And Sean is just playing the solo bite. That's all that's happening. Yeah, it's just the solo little plinky acoustic <laughs> guitar that's ringing out in the Upper Darby Auditorium, which can seat like a thousand. Yeah, it's a giant auditorium. Uh, probably one of the. I mean, it was only up from there. Like as far as like musical experiences, that was <sighs> that was a pretty low, and I think that really just told me, like, dude as embarrassed as you possibly can be doing this stuff it'll never be that bad again that's my like skin is crawling thinking about that <laughs> right. it, and i in retrospect i was too naive and stupid to realize how awful it actually was like it was awful right and but it was, it was way worse than i actually thought it was i think and, and it, <laughs> it just still makes me crack up laughing thinking about it Let, so, that was the first time keenan probably saw me really play too but right way. and you told him yeah i'm in a bit yeah i'm in a band yeah, yeah. yeah i'm in a band <laughs> no but he believed he believed me and then and we ended up being in a band together for many years after that oh what was that band called that was called pale reason you can uh find us on spotify Fucking we were a. we were very uh inspired by the 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 songs of the day we have a uh, you know saxophone and acoustic guitar so you, you there's a little bit of a dave matthews vibe Hell i yeah. played electric and uh yeah it was fun it was a good good time so you were 
I want to talk to you a lot about music. I'm so, like, yeah, yeah. Like I'm a, I love music, but, um, I made an attempt, uh, about sixth grade. I took guitar lessons for like a full year mm-hmm. and I could never, like, I know the, you know, I know the basic chords. I could pick up a guitar and I'll, I'll play a couple chords, you know, yeah. And uh, I could read tab and play power chords. Like I could play a Blink-182 song if you give me enough time. You know what I mean? But I never, it was never like, it was like, it's clear that there is something missing for me that I'm not a musician, right? It's like, yeah. maybe maybe if I was, if I had a different attitude in sixth grade and I could really <laughs> take all the time that I had because, you know, this is pre-distraction era, I could really put my nose to the grindstone and gotten better but whatever anyway so i love music i love to talk about music but i always feel like an imposter because i'm not a musician i'm so jealous of musicians like you and and uh and uh so most of my what i want to talk about was music related but but so you're telling me you started to learn to play guitar it sounds like when you were already an adult senior in high school wow senior in high school yeah and so what you're saying is very true like if I had to learn now, I, I I can't. Like it's very hard for me to advance my skill now. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm a mediocre guitar player at best. Like I I can I can do bluesy stuff and mm-hmm. like I can't shred. Um I can I can play my like thing is that I can play and if you know you hate or hate them or love them, Dave Matthews acoustic guitar stuff is is very unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how I learned. And so like, I learned a lot of that stuff at the time. Um, and so that's sort of my feather in my cap is that I can play a lot of that Dave Matthews stuff. And folks just go, what the hell is he doing? Like, <laughs> very polarizing. No shit. Like, I don't, I don't even know how that computes considering you can't play, you know, like to do, Oh, did, did I blip on you there? No. Uh, yeah, a little bit. And now you're okay. going fast. Yeah, that's ha- that's what you did too. Yeah, and now you're back to normal. Cool. Okay, cool. So yeah, like I, what you were saying about like Blink One Eighty Two, like I can play the power chords, but the thing I can't do is that like that constant downstroke thing that like like that thing isn't in my nature. So like teaching myself to do that now is tough. But back then, I basically just played until i almost failed out of college my freshman year so you just um, did you did you take lessons did you just pick were you just like no, tab, i want to learn how to fucking play guitar i want to learn how to play guitar and i will tell anybody this that asked me they're always like oh how did you learn how did you learn it is so hard to walk into lessons with for me i was the type of learner that like that wasn't going to work mm-hmm. like every guy i took lessons from and i think i took over the years i took like one or two lessons from like five different people okay they are always so much more advanced and they want, they want to build like, you know, a base, right? Like of like musical understanding yeah. and like, go for, that's not how I work. Right. Like I tell people, if you're struggling with that, just go on the internet, learn how to read tab and learn songs you love. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> it will keep you playing. And also make sure you have like someone look at your guitar and make sure that it's like, it's easy to play. Like there are things that you can do to your instrument to make it easier for you to play. A lot of people just go out and buy a like sub $200 acoustic guitar. And a lot of those are in really rough shape as far as like the, the action, like how hard it is to press the strings down. So like it, those things keep you from learning. Um, I didn't even think it consider that. Yeah. And so like those little roadblocks, if you can like eliminate them for yourself, um, you know, and I'm not saying that a sub 200 guitar is bad. Like I have guitars that I love that are sub $200 guitars, but I put the work into like, I learned how to fix guitars. Actually, I know, I know more about gear and like the fixing of guitars, like amps and pedals than I do about actually playing guitar. At this I see a lot. You got a lot of gear. I always look at your gear behind. Yeah. You, you can't see the pedal board. It's down on the ground over there, but that's the uh, space station looking thing, you know? That, uh, and you got intimidated by so, so those are amps i'm looking at i see three guitars can you tell me about them yeah so this one on the right or uh-huh. whatever right over my head is an ibanez art core it's like a um 
it's like their version of a 335 that's actually a pretty cheap guitar that that was like 500 bucks okay um and i replaced like all the electronics and the pickups and stuff to make it like what i what i want it um and uh yeah it's, it's a cool guitar it's like a it's a hollow body um well it's not fully hollow it's semi hollow so like there's a big block of wood running down the middle but the the edges of it are all hollow yeah and it has those f holes that that uh you know yeah fancy. fancy holes yeah and then this acoustic is um it's called a Furch. it's a company from like czechoslovakia and they're actually really great instruments for the price yeah um and that's that's like one of their higher end models it's it's really nice so i would put it on par with like a taylor or something like that it's very oh similar. shit okay pennsylvania's <clears throat> own yeah. For for no, those no, listening, Taylor's California. Oh wait, what Martin. am I thinking? Martin, Martin. I'm sorry. I'm so Martin. sorry. I yeah, embarrassed huge... myself in front of a musician again. No, 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 no. <laughs> totally fine, but don't screw that up. <laughs> uh, Martin, I I love Martins, and actually, I had one until a few months ago when I sold I sold it because I have like my dream guitar on order. Oh, um, and so like sometime next year, my my number will come up for a build from a small builder in Charlottesville. So. That's fucking exciting. That. Yeah. And then and the middle for guitar listening, is like my the, that acoustic is like the, that's what I'd call the, that's an acoustic guitar. If you say acoustic guitar, that's what yeah. you're going to think of. It's like the blonde wood, you yep. know, it's, it's beautiful. Sitka spruce top, rosewood back and sides, all solid wood. Mm. It's, it's a nice guitar. Mm. Um, and yeah. then the middle guitar is my favorite guitar I've ever owned. It's um, a small company out of Nashville called Novo Guitars. Okay. Um, and it is, like a take on a telecaster but it has sort of like a a jazz man i was gonna say body. look i i thought it was the jazz master i know telecaster because of bruce springsteen yeah, yeah of course jazz master i should yeah yeah squat that's not even actually a telecaster really it's like i read in his book it's like some it's an Esquire. It's called. Yeah, yeah. So and I was wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it, I mean, it's basically the same. It, it, it looks like Fender in the early days. They had a lot going on. Like the Esquire is a tele. The Esquire is like a, like a, ancestor of the Telecaster. Right. So like it evolved to become the Telecaster. I used to really want one of those, but now I want the Jazzmaster for whatever reason. Like, what am I going to do with it? <laughs> well, Jazzmaster is like the shoegaze, which is funny because like. The the jet. I don't know if I've ever seen someone playing jazz on jazz. Never. No. It's always like shoegaze, like rock, lots of like distortion and yeah. ambient stuff, which is awesome. Love it. Yeah. yeah. But that's a. You said that's a small company out of out of where? Nashville, uh, uh, called Novo Music <clears throat> City. Okay. Yeah, they're getting bigger, and this. Uh, yeah, so like the pickup configuration and the feel of it is like a Telecaster. Um, but the body is a little bigger, and I'm a bigger guy, so like it, yeah. it, it covers up more of my belly. That's <laughs> a good thing. You got to look good to play good, okay? Yeah, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. You recently went to a concert, did you not? You saw uh, who? Who did yeah. you see the other day? Friday, just this past not to, Friday. Not was... to bring up shit that you said to other people on Facebook and talk <laughs> about it right. in conversation, but totally. Did. Yeah. Uh, I went to see the Gaslight Anthem at uh, the Met, which is I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they. Uh, I know them from together in a long time. You know where I know him from? The no. singer was on uh, Bruce DVD, like uh, yes. live in London or whatever. Yeah. Yes. He sings No Surrender. Yes. Yes. Um, awesome. And the, yeah. And so like I've loved them forever. Uh, and they are like a a Jersey punk band that has sort of like evolved into like more of a regular rock band. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, so they, they went on hiatus like five or six years ago and haven't really played and he's sort of been doing his own thing so uh they got back together this year and toured and it was awesome did they one time ass? i did get to see yeah yeah it was amazing yeah. i got to see them in asbury park nice um in 2011 at the convention center and in, it's like this old boardwalk yeah like boxing ring yeah yeah like, you know, you can imagine, like, little white dudes from the 50s that are, should not be boxing <laughs> yeah. fighting there. <laughs> and, uh, and it hasn't been there. updated or changed. It's like right, right. everything's dilapidated, it feels <laughs> right. like. Right, yeah. 
and uh springsteen came out on stage with them and this is an arena of like two thousand people like it's oh small little man thing. yeah and he sang uh american slang with them which is one of their Damn, their tunes that rocks <laughs> yeah yeah did the place go and, and, ape shit because they could be different crowds but if you if you look at it on no no they no it's it, all those people love springsteen and gaslight like it's it's a short walk to get from Springsteen to Gaslight as far as like lyrical content oh, and, hell yeah. and and that kind of stuff. So like they, they if you look up the video online, you can find it. It's like Gaslight Anthem, Asbury Park, like Bruce Springsteen. Listening to it on YouTube is like, oh, that's that's not good. Like <laughs> the, you couldn't hear anything. Yeah, yeah. And so like they're they're all over the place, but it, the place was just I've never been in a room with that much energy. That's ever, ever. When when he came out, because he Brian Fallon, the lead singer, did a whole thing where he's like, "Yo, it's Christmas time," and he's sort of like playing off like the Santa Claus is coming to town thing. He's yeah. like, "Have you been good? <laughs> Have you been good? <laughs> Do you guys want a Christmas present?" And everyone went like nuts, and he was like, "Ask and you shall receive." And like Bruce came out. <laughs> I can't even fucking imagine. I, I mean, would, like, I feel like I would faint like a Beatles girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But apparently, people knew because Bruce's uh, like kids are huge Gaslight fans, and yeah. they brought him to the show. And apparently, he was just like hanging out by the soundboard, like singing along. Yeah. And then, like halfway through the show, he disappears. Yeah. I'm gonna go up. That's yeah. oh man. I attended the same concert as Bruce once, but he did not go on stage. I saw. <laughs> against me who his kids are oh, a nice. fan yeah. of in strayerville new jersey the starland ballroom but uh he wrote about it in his book but he did not get on stage sadly yeah that's like a that's a dicey thing it actually became a thing for gaslight because like you know he went out with them they come out with him and yeah. then like every show some idiots are yelling bruce where's bruce and, and, so bring him out. Like, yeah they kind of like needed to not do that again <laughs> So you so you went to the Met, right? Is that yeah, the that's Met. a standing like, room venue? Do you go to a lot like of concerts? It's like an old theater. I used to, not yeah. anymore. Uh, kids and you know, old age. It's tough. It's <laughs> tough. It, it, you, yeah, I felt like I went out. So I went with a friend who's a who I played music with. So we, uh, I met him down in the city at like five thirty, uh -huh. and we started. We met at this cocktail bar. We had a few cocktails, and then like made our way up to the met and i had like a beer there and and then like i drank a bunch of water there you know five dollars liquid death cans yes. is what they were selling there okay um and i still felt like kind of garbage the next day <laughs> here's what i'm thinking when you when you're telling me you put down a couple of cocktails and a beer and those waters I'm pissing a hundred times that's like my thing now as i'm um the, oh. the aging thing is like I really have to be strategic when I drink at concerts because yes. if I'm in a spot that I want to be in, it's like if it's too like I'm going to have to piss. It sucks. Yeah. yeah, I uh yes, that's rough, man. Like and I've been really concentrating on like water intake the past couple like past two months. Yeah. And so like I think I pissed like three times during the show <laughs> and then and then so like on the way home, I'm like dry. I, I like got home and I'm like. I'm like, I gotta get, I like basically ran right to the <laughs> But yeah, it was, it was a lot. Being old sucks. So do you, uh, do you have a, like, when you go to a concert, are you, are you, I mean, like every band I wanna see, it's like they're all in the fucking standing room venues. It's like, I, I wish someone would let me sit yeah. down. But it's like, do you, do you try to get to the front? Do you do you try to push in at all? Do you just show up and like stand in the back? Are you content with that, or or, or what's? I'm interested to know because I go to concerts primarily alone now, and uh, it's intimidating. But but what do you what's what's your concert going uh, style? Do you get all yeah, fucked really up depends. and get in a fight? No. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, no, that is not me. <laughs> It's funny because the Met is standing room on the floor. It's a mm -hmm. lot like the tower. Yeah. And then it has seats up in the balconies. Um, and so we were actually in one of the balconies for seat, seats. So oh, nice. didn't have to worry there. But like if I'm in a standing room only show, like I was at the Fillmore to see um, Gaslight a, a bunch of years ago. Yeah. Like I don't really fight to get up in the front. Like I, 
I'm more of a like middle. Mm-hmm. Like I, I honestly try to get where I think it's going to sound the best, which is usually right next to the soundboard. But oh, um, hot tip, folks, get next to the <laughs> yeah. board. Yeah. Well, here's the thing that it'll sound the best. It'll sound like what the sound engineer wants it to sound like right there. Right. If he's shitty, then it's going to sound shitty. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's more. And I'm not like a pusher and shover. Like there are very few bands that I will like. It's one thing about like being in bands and like kind of obsessing over gear and music is like pulling back the curtain a little bit mm. and and trying not to ruin the experience that made you love music, you know, by like noticing shit that would drive you nuts. For instance, like like just hearing that the the sound engineer has a hard on for like the bass and the kick drum uh. and and like you can't hear the guitars because <laughs> the bass is too loud. Like, yeah, we're like ninety percent of the people in the audience are just like, okay. <laughs> but I'm like, god damn it! Like, I want to hear, I want to hear that like three note run that this guy does in this song, and I'm not going to hear it. <laughs> right, 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 right. And that's just that's just me being a a jerk, really. But trying to like shut that off and just like enjoy is uh, it's easier now that I don't get to a lot of shows. Right. It's like there were times where like my favorite bands were all playing the electric factory. And that place sounds like you're in a metal fucking pipe. I feel like that used to be when we were younger, that was like the venue. If you weren't at the big stadium, you played the electric factory. Yeah, it was it. There was that. And then like, if you were a little bit smaller, you play the truck. Right. Yeah. yeah, Or like the TLA on, on South street. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, I hated seeing bands I love play at the electric factory because it always sounded terrible yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah. I saw, I most recently saw, and this was fucking years ago, but I saw Sam Hain, I think you pronounce it, which is Danzig's band before Danzig. Oh, okay. And yeah, it yeah. was pretty bad. <laughs> but, uh, and then, uh, one of the best shows I ever saw was, um, Taking Back Sunday and Saves the Day co-headlining before Taking Back Sunday second album came out. So it was like fucking sick as hell. And I crowd surfed, dude. Come nice. on. Come Whoa. on. Yeah, that's not in me. Like I am not a I I have a hard time letting go to that extent. <laughs> I would never do it now, but at the time I I was in high school. I was, you know, flexible, yeah. light. I, I was, was very light. And I feel like I feel like I am more I'm more open to those kinds of experiences now than I was as a kid. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Did yeah, so you went to weird. you went to UD high school? No, I didn't. No? I went to um I went to St. Joe's Prep in the uh, city. I played hockey against them. We did not have a hockey team when I went there. That's how old I am. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. St. Joe's Prep. In my head it was always like so does that mean you have to go to St. Joe's College? But that's not the case, right? <laughs> it's not. It's just run by the same order of priests. It's a Catholic school. Catholic Jesuit school, yeah. Are you lifetime Catholic school, like uh, elementary? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm non-practicing. I don't, I don't uh, you know, I have thoughts on what's probably the most corrupt organization to ever in the, this the history of the world. <laughs> yeah. They own the most real estate. They don't pay taxes. Yeah. Uh, I've been to the Vatican museum. No way. Seen, yeah. So me and my wife, Katie, we went to Rome for, we went to Italy for our uh, five year anniversary. And it was the, the music, the artwork in there is insane. It's beautiful mm-hmm. and just insane. Yeah. Could it end world hunger? Yes. So then you're like, <laughs> what am I doing? Right. Uh, yeah. Man, Vatican City. What the fuck was that like? It's re- it's it's really cool. Yeah. Like if Rome itself, you know, is just like it's such it's an ancient city. There's nothing like that in the United States. Do you know what Rick Steve says all the time? That blows my mind every time he says it. He says the Roman Empire rose for 500 years peaked for 300 fell for 200 so that's 900 years the united states is what just over 200 years old it's like oh, that yeah. we pe- we peaked our- <laughs> yeah, we were already crashing to the ground but just yeah. the amount of time that the that 
it's just it just freaks me out to think yeah, about. Yeah, it's amazing what you can do when you don't care about other people, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh but but it's also like an ancient city but also a regular city, right? So it's like there's some yeah. old ass shit right over there, but then you're just there's a thousand cars and stuff. Yeah, or you'll see like an old yeah. Yeah, and they're all little fiats and stuff because the streets are so old or whatever. But Yeah, there's like an ancient there's an ancient building here or like a you know, even if it's not ancient, it still looks older than it's older than the United States. <laughs> right. And then there's like there's just like a cafe or a Starbucks in there. You right. Know? It's like, yeah. <laughs> so did you did, did you go all over the boot? We went to we spent five days in Rome mm-hmm. and then we spent um, one night in Florence and then like only like an out an hour outside of Florence in Tuscany. We stayed there for five days at this like. In, in the middle of like the wine country there. And it's like two totally different experiences. That's what I've heard. And was it yeah. magical? It's amazing. Like there are, I've been able to travel a little bit. Like I've been to Mexico, mm-hmm. like Mexico city, like proper, not like the, the I've been to Cancun, Cancun, which, you know, right. come on. <laughs> it's I've not... been to Ireland. I've been, and you know, I've been to a lot of places in the U S traveling for work and stuff and for vacations. And I would say like, when I came back from Italy, I was like, you know what? I would give up almost every vacation ever just to go to go to Italy for two weeks every year. Really? Yeah. 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 I was like, I, there are a lot of places where I was like, oh, I would totally love to go back there. But like, let's be honest. Like, if I've already been to a place, like, if I've already I've been to Ireland, like, if I had the choice to spend the money to go there or like somewhere brand new. I'd probably go somewhere new. Just check it out. Yeah. Italy is the only place that had ever made me like question that. Like, really? Oh yeah, man. Yeah. I got to go. I mean, it's my last name's Antonelli. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to be there. I got to yeah. be there. I got It's funny. You're Antonelli and I'm DeSanto, but I'm like mostly Irish. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, I mean, I don't look Italian at all. <laughs> so, that so that was a when did you go there? Oh God, that was 2010. So that was 12 years ago. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Motabeira. I can't speak Italian. <laughs> so you are also do you, are you? Would you say you're a songwriter as well? Yes. However, I haven't done it in a while. I've been. I was just thinking about that yesterday. Like I haven't written written songs in a while one of my like facebook memories which is great for reminding you how like productive and awesome you were in the past (laughs) um was like oh we had like october was like always the month we so we i recorded two cds of like my music with my friend aaron we have a band called soldier on and we haven't we just haven't played in the past couple years obviously for covid reasons and Mm. then just life um but yeah so i i wrote bunch of music um i'm proud of it it's not i, I don't know recording music is a whole is a whole other thing the th- just the idea right so i love uh there's something many different songwriters have said in interviews and stuff that i just think is the all, most awesome thing it's like very spiritual but it's like they a lot of people say like the songs exist right they're they're out there in the air and then uh you the blessed the the lucky few that are songwriters that have the gift are like an antenna that can pull them out of the air and make them make them uh you know exist in real life and and yeah. put them on cd and stuff would you would you say that uh you kind of you you agree with that statement or, or is that just you know yeah so i i do i kind of agree with it I will say that like there are certain songs that I wrote where I don't really remember like how I came up with the idea Mm -hmm. or like, like the music part of it, like the actual, like when I, cause I always write on guitar. So like the guitar chords and stuff, like I'll remember coming up with like a, a thing, but like, as far as lyrically, like I don't, there are a few of my songs where I don't remember where that line came from. And I'm not even there are even some songs where I'm not even sure like what that means. Right. Um, and I just kind of latch onto it yeah. and I keep it. And those are probably the songs that I'm most proud of as far as like, they, they feel unconscious and they feel 
they feel more truthful and not as as uh like i wasn't trying as much they just came right? out of you <laughs> right yeah there are other songs where i'm like i listen to it and i'm like oh i was just trying to rip off so-and-so and i was trying to do that <laughs> but then there's there are those like special moments where i'm like no like i i don't remember why i did that but that feels more me than than a lot of the other stuff i love that i love it yeah it's it, it is it is a a weird experience where like i've had songs where like someone will say something to me and like a lot of people ask like oh you know it's like the whole almost famous thing like is a song better if you experienced it is it true or if you just like made up the situation yeah and like this and i don't know if you've watched the springsteen on broadway thing on netflix but it's it's fabulous yeah and a lot of musicians hate springsteen really yeah he is not a musician's musician like he's not radiohead you know like right or right right and so like a lot of people think he's like kind of a fraud because he he talks about like the common man a lot right in his music but and the first thing he uh, says in yes. that, that broad yeah yes. i'll let you no, 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 the you... first thing he says in that broadway thing is like listen i am from the jersey shore i'm from the boardwalk 90 percent of my life is full of bullshit like i'm a liar i'm a liar yeah he, and said... he says like he says like I I needed to pick a voice and I picked my father's. Yeah. And so like I you know trying to find your voice as like a songwriter is a whole other thing. I don't think I'm successful at doing that. Like I feel like it's still like out there. Maybe I maybe there's more songs, but I I haven't written anything in a long time, so I don't know. It's just like it's very it can be like a spiritual experience mm-hmm. or it can be like homework. Right. Yeah. And when it feels like homework, I feel like I'm not doing it right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's also people like uh, the dude from Weezer is like very mathematical. It's like, I'm going to create a hit. You like some some people figured out the code and then some yeah. people just have it. It just it just comes out of them. And I feel yeah. like the songs that just come out of people are the ones that make you cry. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I don't even have like, yeah, I was never. I try not to think about you know, whether I, I think other people like it or not, but that's so hard to do. Oh, I do. Yeah. That's my entire life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I grew up in the nineties and where, you know, everything, I was scared to tell anyone I thought something was cool. Mm, yes. Um, and I just wanted people to like, you know, the things that I was <laughs> doing and yeah. It, so you're, yeah, you're older than Keenan. So you're a bit older than me, but, but, um, uh, yeah, I'll and, bit. and, uh, I'm, you know, when when yeah. when I was a kid, and uh, I'm hoping it's not like this anymore. But was it like this with you, where literally everything you didn't like was gay, quote unquote? Like like oh yeah, like you couldn't do anything because someone was going to call you gay, and they use it in a negative way. I hope the words have been taken back to power at this point. I think kids are less yes mean i hope maybe yeah. they're just mean in different ways but 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 uh, it's like like you said it's like i can't possibly tell somebody i like something because they're gonna make fun of me for it yeah like like that was our whole culture was yes. not about like our culture was not about finding you know as soon as you let someone know that you like something you were vulnerable to yeah. them telling you that it was the worst thing ever yes yes and that you were the worst thing ever for liking that. yeah yeah you really i uh i in seventh and eighth grade i got really into metallica right yeah over the summer between seventh and eighth so i made the foolish decision to buy a metallica patch and attach it to my backpack and you know also, eighth grade, I had a very bad haircut. You know what I mean? I just, like, if I could go back, I was like, dude, you're leaving yourself wide open. And kids will take the every opportunity they get to slam you. And I was slammed harshly. Uh, but but everyone was just like, Metallica sucks. Napster's cool. <laughs> and then I have to oh, be yeah, like, so... I like old Metallica. It's better. <laughs> like, you know, all that so I was probably shit. in college at that point because, yeah, just thinking about the Napster stuff. Uh, yeah, I was in college. Ay, ay, ay. Shit. So it pisses me off people don't like bruce springsteen because of it just does. what you said it, because he's out open with it you know what i mean there's so many artists that i feel like like bruce is like i'm an artist 
and I'm these are songs, right? Whereas yeah. someone less secure would be like, no, I am blue collar. It's like, no, you're not. You know what I mean? Or it's like fucking Ted Nugent or some shit. Yeah, I have. So like I go through phases with Bruce where I really dive in and it's the only thing I'll listen to for like three months. Mm-hmm. And most of the time I'm I'm in the older stuff. Like I am not a after after like it's hard for me to go beyond born to run or um born in the USA. And even you. that record, the production on that is so 80s so that 80s. I, I struggle Those with since, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It works but, now for me. Obviously. Yeah, it does but work. It, but it it's like I, I I wonder so much what it was like at the time when like right it came out i was like what the fuck is getting, you know yeah because like i listened to something like brilliant disguise and i'm like this song is fucking incredible mm-hmm. and i when i saw him play it acoustic like there's like a storytellers where he does it by himself with patty yeah just him on a guitar yeah and like it's an incredible song but when i listen to the recorded version it sounds like a it sounds like uh, Jimmy Buffett just decided to play like <laughs> to play like a more serious song. Like there's yeah. this like there's like this bouncy like yeah. pop production to it. And I'm like, oh god, that was that that was '90s Bruce, right? Br- br- maybe disguise? late '80s. Brilliant disguise I, yeah, and I think uh, that's Tunnel on of Love. Born in the USA, isn't it? No, I think that's after. I could be wrong. But I thought like yeah, I don't remember. Brilliant disguise was in his Tunnel of Love era when he like oh, was no longer yeah, E Street right. Band was just Bruce Springsteen yep, with a different band. <laughs> yeah, so it was Bruce. So he that was like the '80s, right? So like he, I think after Nebraska came out, it was just him mm-hmm. for a while. Um, but yeah, it's a, it, that was '87 Tunnel of Love, the year I was born. So, yeah, and you were fifteen. <laughs> uh <yeah. laughs> no i was uh nine okay you're not that much older than me yeah yeah um i'm trying to think like those early records i'm with you i'm my favorite's number two wild innocent east street shuffle i think partly because of when it hit me as a young person and it, yeah. it, you know, it is true. Like when you're younger, the shit, the, the fucking tent, the, it really gets in your bones. Right. Um, in a way that is, I don't know, all encompassing, but, and then, you know, the first three I think are probably my favorite. And then I also do like darkness on the edge of town a lot. Obviously That's it's a my- classic. It's an absolute fucking wall to wall classic. But um, I think that's that for the same reasons you mentioned is that like that record hit me later, yeah. like in my 20s. Right. And that is a very like in your 20s record. Fuck yeah. And it's so <laughs> sad. And it's yeah. like when you look at the and it comes right after Born to Run and it's like, hey, brother, you can't run. You're trapped. It's like very, very real. Um, right. Right. Like you're, you graduate high school and now you're you actually have to do something with your life. Yeah. Get in the factory, <laughs> punk. <laughs> Um, is Bruce a good guitar player? Because what I'm getting at is like on those first he, albums, it's like, I couldn't tell you what Bruce's guitar sounds like. Cause it's so much music. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like almost like wall of soundish, but it's like, I couldn't tell well, you what his guitar is. sounds like. It's definitely wall of sound stuff. Um, he, he's better than people think he is. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. I mean, he's not like a, like a crazy shredder or something right. like that, but if you want to see him like rip it up, like, uh, the, there's YouTube videos of like the 78 tour for darkness uh-huh. where they start with uh drive all night. Yeah. And um, I think it's drive all night or is it? Um, oh no. Prove it all night. Sorry. Prove it all night. Other, yeah, other yeah. night song. Drive all so nights like, on the river. Right. Right. So if you, if you prove it all night, if you look those 78 performances up, like they start with like a searing guitar kind of solo, but, He's not like he's not like technically great. No. Right. Um I would say he his like strength is songwriting and then like being able to like quarterback that band. They're oh, the greatest yeah. bar band that ever existed. For sure. And it's and he is, you know, it's him. Like he's yeah. a, he's a he knows like which one of them needs to like step up and be the man at each moment mm-hmm. to make the crowd enjoy it the most. Yeah. What a showman too hours three hour shows yeah. uh, i i saw him at the at 
Citizens Bank a few years ago, and it was almost four hours. It was a record-setting show. I was there too. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah, a great insane. show. It was like it was like I handpicked the set list. It was insane. They started with New York City Serenade, which is like yeah, I never in my life thought I'd get to see him play that. It's like a ten minute. So it's like it's you're opening with this. I'm fucking losing my mind, and uh that was that was fantastic. And he's going on tour again, and we're gonna see. Him. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, I got to see him at the, at the Spectrum, too, which was oh, one of my man. favorite. Yeah, like his last time playing there, I got to see him. That Which was really cool. So it was right after uh, the Phillies were on the World Series. Yeah. It was 2009, and Harry Callis had just passed away. Uh, it yeah. was like, you know, he passed away, like, on the road in that, like, um, in that spring. And Bruce has, like, a whole thing with Philly. Like, the, he broke out in Philly. Like, people... Mm-hmm the radio stations played him here first. Yes. Um, and, uh, he got, apparently at some point back in the seventies, got Harry cows to like record this thing for him. So what? he played it for the whole crowd. <gasps> and it's basically like a fake baseball game. Like Harry cows calling a game where yeah. it's like the bottom of the ninth and the bases are loaded and young Bruce Springsteen <laughs> stepping through the like, awesome. <laughs> He played this whole call. He calls a grand slam. It's, 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 it's incredible. I did not know this existed. Yeah, I, wonder I, if there's some, I wonder if it's out there. Right. Oh, yeah. my God. So what was it like? My I have very small memories of of the spectrum, mostly related oh. to to the uh, to the phantom seeing the phantoms there a bunch, which was great when they were in town. Yeah. If you're a hockey fan, it was the fucking shit. Um, <laughs> but but what was what was it like seeing a concert there? Because talk about legendary venues like but, you know, it was old. Yeah, it's shit. incredible. It was it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I saw, I got to see so many concerts there. Really? Over the years. Oh, yeah. that's so great. Uh, I think one of the first concerts I saw there was, uh, speaking of, uh, you know, podcasting cocktail we talked about, I saw the Beach Boys and Chicago there together in like 89. Yes, you talked about this on the show, yeah, and yeah. I was fascinated by show. it. <laughs> Chicago. Ridiculous. And I'm like, I'm just trying to think of what either of their lineups were at the time. You know what I mean? I don't even Who know. Knows? I, I, <laughs> it it, it, see, like, it would take work to actually figure that out, so I'm not going to do it. At the spectrum, though. Yeah. And then who else did I see there? I mean, I saw Dave Matthews there a bunch. I saw, um, did I see Pearl Jam there, or did I see him at the... I can't remember where I saw. Per- did you see saw Pearl, Pearl Jam, Jam on their times. run? Because they also did like a, a final run of shows there at the Spectrum. I didn't, but I remember that was when the Phillies were in the World Series against the Yankees. I think. <sighs> Fuck the Yankees. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was great. I saw Billy Joel there. I Stormfront tour, which is way back. Hell um, yeah. But my yeah, and it was a great place to see a concert. My favorite place ever to see a show that was always the Tower, Tower Theater historic david bowie recorded his live album there yep i think neil young did one there too uh it's the first show i ever saw was basically when my my mom got tired of being drugged to concerts with my dad and he was like you're gonna come to this concert with me and i saw the hooters at the tower with tommy conwell in the 80s who are the hooters do like what's their song do i know oh and we danced they're a philly band okay yeah Um, oh that's such uh, a great name the Hooters. They, he played that little melodica thing, so it's like the little one octave keyboard with the mouth tube. Yeah, and they called that the Hooter, I guess. Um, <laughs> All you zombies, uh, day by day. They have a few like they were big back then, and actually they became bigger songwriters for other people. Like they wrote, um, I think they wrote they wrote time after time for Cindy Lauper. Shit, wrote, dude. Uh, yeah, talk about so like listen to these hits time after time, and then they wrote "What if God was one of us" for Joan Osborne. Damn, like, dude! Like th- that's how you make your strange. money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you you put your feet up on uh, if you don't remember when if God was one of us came out, that song was on the radio every ten seconds, everywhere, omnipresent. It was it was like <laughs> yeah, yeah, the biggest fucking hit of all yeah. time which is strange because yeah. it's not like it fucking doesn't rip it's just like no no but people are like yeah what if man yeah <laughs> this is a different time you know what i mean yep, we were still yep. uh in the death grips of the radio 
Whatever they played is what we liked. Marilyn Manson. <laughs> so oh, that man. was your first. I was. I wanted to ask you what your first concert was. So that was it. The that was it. So what would be like the first concert where you were like, like it was like this is the show I want to go to. Like oh, the I, second show was the Who at the Vet. Damn, at the Vet. Yeah, post Keith Moon, obviously. Yeah. Um, but 1989, I think at the Vet, I saw the Who with my dad. On the floor, like in in on the floor. Yeah. Um, I had to stand on the chair to see anything. Right. Yeah. Uh, luckily, we were on like the aisle, so I could like look around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was. I still remember that. I I have recollections of like them playing Pinball Wizard. So that was the tour where they played like the entirety of Tommy for like most of the tour. Yeah. And then would like close out with a few other hits. Right. Um, which. I didn't realize bands were doing it that far back. I thought that was more of a recent phenomenon. And it's one yeah. that I love because there are several yeah, bands where, too. like, don't you have bands where you're like, I love this album from that band and I've never heard anything else and I don't have the time to put in the work. So it's like, yep. if you go to their concert, it's like, I might know one third of the songs, but if they're just touring the album, fuck, dude, I am there. Yeah, I heard Elvis Costello is doing this in New York where he's his, he's doing like a six night run. Yeah where each night he's he has a, a pre like laid out set list that you can pick from oh wow so if you know like if you go on this night these are the first 14 15 songs right and then he said like the end of the show will be whatever he wants but like you could pick from these six nights yeah. that's fucking cool i hear i'm not he... a huge fan but I, like I, I don't know him well I right i also but... hear he's not very good live but <laughs> i here's another thing that i think the early 2000s and up until now have done is like they've people have forgotten what live music sounds like mm. so like there's and i'm not saying that's like the elvis costello thing like there are still bands where i go and i'm like oh that was not great and it's not because they it's usually not because of like how they sound mm -hmm. it's more about like what they're putting into it okay like there are times where I can, key, I have a hard time with this. Like I can key into someone like just kind of phoning it in, right? Musically, yeah. Like I know when they're feeling it or if they're not, and yeah. it bothers me. Like I've gone to the same show with someone and they've been like, "Oh, dude, that was awesome." And I was like, "Dude, they were so tired of playing this material that it was just like it was boring to me. It was I, lifeless." I get that. I also think being from Philadelphia, we get those shows a lot of the time because we're, <laughs> we're kind of like we're end. like not new york like we're like we were usually like the day after they hit new york so it's like they fucking <laughs> went all out in new york and now they're in i will say i was worried about it because the last time i saw gaslight was at the fillmore and that mm. was for their like their um 59 sound like they were doing this they were mm -hmm. playing the record yeah and they had played it the whole tour and we were like the 25th show on the tour yeah and like they I thought that portion of the show was like, let's let's get through this. Yeah. And then we have the, the last third of the show to do whatever we want. And the moment they played the last song of 59 Sound, the band like came alive to like a different extent where right. they got to play whatever they wanted for the end. And yeah. like luckily I didn't feel that this time. Like at the Met, they they were on fire and it was it was great. But um yeah, so like I do I understand that. That, That's, now. that yeah, that is that would be brutal to like have like yeah yeah now that you say it's like oh i gotta play the same six songs every night we can't not you know what yeah. I mean? it's tough which is which is i i hear a lot of people saying like oh why didn't you play like all your hits it's like well you you might like that but there are they don't like that like you don't you don't have ownership over like what they play a hundred percent yeah unless they're telling you they're gonna play it right like if they sold you false pretenses that you're gonna hear you know that you're gonna hear every one of bruce springsteen's hits like yeah you're not gonna that's not how that works and and you're you're enjoying them for the wrong reasons yeah i don't know that's, that's a whole conversation about thing. about fandom becoming ownership of the thing you're a fan of oh, God, it's yeah. just just the nastiest nastiest shit but that's yep. also that brings you back to the bruce concert which was technically the river tour and i don't think he played a song from it <laughs> which i was fine with like i the river's kind of a blind spot for me so and he played like just all the fucking early shit i was like thank god <laughs> yeah <laughs> also that was a tour that 
you know, he's about to go on tour again, and I don't think he's going to stop because the river tour just kept going and going, and they kept adding shows. I, yeah. Like that dude. It was like two years. Wasn't yeah. It? Yeah. And he just loves to fucking play. And uh, so I think this tour, he's just going to be like, well, I'm touring until I literally die. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, what might my, my, and this will never happen. And even if it did, I probably wouldn't be able to go because it would be so damn expensive. My dream to see Bruce is to like, do that thing that the stones did like 10, 15 years ago, which is like dial it back to like a core band. Yeah. Bruce, one, two, two other guitar players, the piano, saxophone, bass, and drums Mm -hmm. and play like the tower, like play, play places that are that big. Like, because I love, uh, like I love an outdoor show for like Dave Matthews Mm -hmm. and for like fish. Mm Mm-hmm. But for bands that are like, are like lightning in a bottle, like energy in the room, I always feel like an outdoor show is kind of like, just. I'm with you because all the energy goes straight up into the sky instead of like bouncing off the entire room and the, and like when the people cheering, the sound goes right up. It's like, it's like it, it, I I get what you're saying for sure. It feels more communal too. Like in, in like a smaller space where like, yeah, I don't know. And the, I, that's my perfect setting to see almost any band would be like the theater environment mm-hmm. with like standing room on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, because the sound too, like it, it always sounds better. It always, it always just feels better to me. I don't know. No, I'm with you, brother. I'm with you. And that's like, uh, you know, I saw Phoebe Bridgers at, um, the man side stage or whatever. Yeah. And it was like, I wish I saw her. I wish I discovered her a year, you know, on her previous tour where I could have saw her at, you know, the Fillmore or whatever, a building yeah, like yeah, that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but anyway, I love it. Thanks for humoring me and talking to me about music. Yeah, I, man. No I want problem. to ask you this. Mm-hmm. Tell me about, tell us, tell the listener about House Cup Coffee Roasters, please. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a coffee company in Havertown, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, and I'm a small, small owner, a small piece of the of the ownership group, um, which is like four families from our area. Um, and I just kind of my our friend Brian Niles, who is the the owner proprietor, like the the president, I guess you could call him too. Mm-hmm. Um, he used to own the company I worked for for like ten years, and and he built that company into this giant thing and sold it off and. Um, once he sort of left that company, he was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. He just went up to Maine and went to what I call coffee camp. I don't know what, what it's actually, but <laughs> he spent like a week and change there learning how to roast coffee. Um, and he bought like a small little, like couple pound roaster mm-hmm. and was like roasting in his shed. <laughs> and then he was like, you know what? I'm going to start, I'm going to start selling coffee beans. And he started, um, little by little and and then he opened up a roast house uh near here and got a bigger roaster and and then so like he was selling to like you know just people and then some restaurants here and there and then uh this there was a, a place in Havertown that was using our beans like right on the main drag and in, in Dar on Darby Road and that guy wanted to get out of his like his cafe out of the business so mm-hmm. um we bought it like like Brian asked us to come on as owners like at some point because yeah. he was just like you know do you want to do this I'm like yep um and so we bought the cafe and so that was February right before the pandemic so like perfect a month, timing a month <laughs> yeah and so we we got to stay open for like a month and yeah. then we closed it down for a while um but the thing that really picked up during the pandemic is that we had a subscription model for beans delivered directly to your house for free. Uh. So like you could buy a pound of coffee and we sell literal pounds, 16 ounces, not this 12 ounce shit for 15 bucks. (laughs) We sell 16 ounces for $15. Yeah. Um, And if you're in like the surrounding five zip codes or whatever, we deliver it for absolutely free. Um, And so those went like through the roof during the pandemic. Right. And so, you know, it's been it's been good. The cafe's back open and and doing great, and it's been fun to kind of be a part of it. I 
I handle the cold brew now. So like it's kind of slowing down a little bit now, but there were two or three times a week I would go into the into the roast house and just make some cold brew. We have those big giant uh, cold brew brewers. Okay. Yeah. Tell a novice me. Yeah. Because, um, you know, you might hear cold brew and you just think iced coffee with a, with right. a fancier name. And you're telling me no. No. <laughs> no. So iced coffee is a coffee that has been brewed hot mm-hmm. and then poured over ice. Yeah. And there's two ways to, to do that. And one way makes it terrible and one way makes it fine, which is you brew hot coffee and then you you let it cool down and put it in the fridge and get cold. So it doesn't then, immediately melt the ice and give you right. water coffee. Yes. Right. That's yeah. the bad way to do it. Yeah. And that's what the way a lot of people do it if they're, you know, not trained right or whatever. Mm. Uh, cold brew is basically you grind the beans to like, a, you know, a, a coarse ground. So pretty big um, and let it sit in cold water. Uh, it doesn't need to go in a fridge. It can sit out overnight. Um, and I do it here all the time by myself. Like uh-huh. I have a small one for the house. Um, you let it sit for 16 to 20 hours and then you drain it. And then what it, it, it's a totally different experience because the extraction they call it is like what the water takes from the coffee. Yes. What's, what the water extracts from the coffee is different than when it's hot water. It's, it's less acidic. Okay. Yeah. But usually it's more caffeine. It's more Jesus. high octane. Hell yeah. When you do this, what you really get at the end is a concentrate that you have to like either mix with some, some water. Uh-huh. Um, it, like I, I usually do like two, like a two to one ratio. Is that how you do that? No, not two to one. Uh, uh, one, to, I don't know what it is. I think <laughs> two, par- I'll do it like a bartender instead. Two parts cold brew coffee concentrate and one part water. Right. Or you could do like milk or something. Like yeah, that yeah, yeah. If you wanted to. Um, mm. And it's, it, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's super smooth. Some people hate it. Some people love it. I like it with our Ethiopian coffee, mm-hmm. which is like, I love African coffees light roasted. Okay. Still strong. So this is the other thing that drives me nuts about coffee. And I can, you can have a whole episode on this, which but, is there are so many times where I'm working, I've, in the early days, we worked at a cafe, and someone would say, what's your favorite coffee? And I was like, the Ethiopian uh, light roast. And they would go, oh, no, no, I like strong coffee. I'm like, well, so many so many things there, which is like, I like, I like light roasted coffee made strong, uh-huh. meaning a lot of coffee to water ratio. That's how you make coffee strong, not by how dark you roast it. Right. Yeah. 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 And also a lot of other people think that another thing that folks don't know is that the lighter the roast, the more caffeine yes. is in the coffee. As yeah. Well. So like people think you got to drink coffee, the tar, it off, but it's yeah. like the light. Yeah. 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 yeah it's funny. Um, but yeah, it's just like little and learning the coffee kind of lingo and that kind of stuff has been fun over the past couple of years. So what do you drink? Like, what's your go-to Ethiopian? Like, I mean, like, 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 uh, are you drinking a, just a black cup of hot? Oh shit. We froze here for a second. Okay. Like what kind of drink? We're back. We're back. We're back. You got me. Yeah. So, so, so if you get, do you get a cup of hot with the cream and sugar or you, you know, what are you doing? It depends on the day. Now mm. that I'm like concentrating on like losing some weight and <laughs> getting healthy, I've been mainly black coffee, which is great. So like, Zero calories, yeah. folks. Right? Maybe no, a couple. Yeah, totally. It's just if you're in, if you're into intermittent fasting or mm-hmm. keto or whatever, black coffee is fine. Um, but yeah, I, I I do black coffee. Uh, prior to that, I just a little bit of a little bit of sugar and and milk mm-hmm. or cream. Uh, would be like a treat. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big like like uh you know lattes and stuff like that not if i if i do if i'm like out of town and i go on go to call get coffee my go-to drink is a um and i want cream in it it's a a flat white from uh starbucks flat white. which is a, yeah it's a specific way they make like a it's basically a latte done slightly different that's all. okay yeah, it has I'll... to do with like how they, they call it a restriction. Yeah, all right, it's, this is like the nerd level. It's like a res- this is how I get about music gear too. Yeah, but like they call it a ristretto shot, which is they only put like half of the water through, so you get like the sweetest part of what they call the pull on okay. an espresso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then they they pour it over, or they 
they basically put um broth milk over top of it yeah i want it sounds good I used to be it's very good. utilitarian with coffee, and I would only get like when I worked at um, Barnes and Noble, there was a cafe there, so I would just get a double espresso on ice, so I could just slam it. Yeah, <laughs> but caffeine yeah, has no effect works. on me anymore. <laughs> I've ruined myself. <laughs> well, uh, this has been lovely. There's a, yeah. we got to do a part two because there's still a bunch of shit I want to talk to you about. We didn't I even talk about gear at all. I have so many fucking questions about the things I see musicians <laughs> doing, and hopefully you can answer yeah, yeah. them for me. Um, but uh, and there's also other shit I want to talk to you about that I'm not currently talking about on podcasts. Uh, you know about you know, but oh, we'll right, talk right. about that on part two when that comes up. But um. Uh, tell everyone where they can uh, find you if you want to. You know what I mean? Yeah, any, you any can plugs listen to anything? my podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, my podcast is Com Majors. We, you can find, and that's C-O-M-M, like the communications majors. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and my friend Brian just and my wife Katie just talking about music and or music. Movies. movies <laughs> talking about movies because that's all communication majors really care about. <laughs> um, and we're not really equipped to do anything else. Um, <laughs> uh you can find us on all the podcasting platforms and things like that uh mm-hmm. and you can find us on facebook we put it up live so uh mike's been on a bunch of episodes at this point i'm so. up to three i'm three. in the three timers a, club baby yeah. you can get a jacket after the fifth maybe i uh, hope so <laughs> i love doing the show i love listening to the show i love you guys i remember the first night we met uh keenan's wedding yeah. We just basically bullshit all night. It was like we were in like fast friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. Brian has a tendency to to chat. He's and, a chat. Uh, he's a yeah. He's a chatter. And mm-hmm. if you give him a, a drink or two, it's <laughs> it's like he's like fall. He can fall asleep at the wheel, but it's still driving. <laughs> so like you'll probably hear the same thing over and over. Uh, totally fine. That's why we love him. Yeah. Yeah. I think we talked about midsummer for. Wow. Just it kept coming back up. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. Uh yeah, so check that out for sure. Jim's Jim, you're a great guy. Thank you for your time. Thanks, man. Appreciate um, it. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh and we'll see you next time. Uh goodbye. Bye.